This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Interviews. Welcome to News Laundry Interviews. Before I introduce my guest today, let me give you the context. You may have heard Facebook has set up what it calls an oversight board. This oversight board technically can overrule Mark Zuckerberg. This in the backdrop of criticism around the world that Mark Zuckerberg wields too much power and there is no transparency or accountability of Facebook's algorithms or policy on what it takes down, what it chooses to censor, or what it choose, chooses to remove as part of its policy on comment moderation or post moderation. So this board has 20 members who uh, we are told have lived in our, our native of 27 countries. They speak 29 languages. One of those people on this extremely powerful board is India's Dr. Sudhir Krishnaswamy. Dr. Krishnaswamy is the India Vice Chancellor of the National Law School of India University and also co-founder of the Center for Law and Policy Research. So we shall be speaking with him to get an idea of what his expectations are of this board, of his role, and the backlash that inevitably will come when you deal with anything to do with social media. So welcome, Dr. Krishnaswamy. I I saw your profile, Dr. Krishnaswamy. Clearly, you have too many degrees for me to even <laughs> try to figure out how this came about. But in this position, what I understand is there have been about what, 29 such positions the world over as, as 20. 20 uh, what specifically is your role? Because uh, I'm assuming it's not like you're part of the Facebook structure in India, like as it exists, Facebook Inc. <laughs> That's right. So thanks for starting on that positive note, because with a lot of the conversations, I've simply had to clarify that we, we really don't know that much about Facebook or Instagram, and we're not expected to know that much or for that matter, engage with any of them. How were these appointments done of the board members? Like, how were you picked for India, for example, and how were the people picked? I mean, is there, was there a process of interviews? Did you express an interest? Did they approach you? How does it work all over the world? Yeah. Or is it different? So, so you, I think you know it's an 18-month-long process since they uh, floated this idea of an oversight board. Uh, and I know some of the timeline, and I don't know some of the timeline. So I'll tell you the part that I know. Somewhere along the way, and uh, they appointed the four co-chairs. So the four co-chairs, who are three law professors, one ex-prime minister of Denmark, then run the rest of the process. They, there's an oversight board administration that is created and they run a search process. They've received a lot of recommendations from the public, from experts, maybe even you. Uh, they consulted a lot of people. I don't know who all they consulted. Um, and then they spoke to a lot of people. Now they engage some external search firms. That's the best of my knowledge. How many and all that, I don't know. But they engage some external search firms who conducted an initial round of interviews. Uh, and it was one of them that reached out to me uh, and asked me for some information and then uh, set up one round of conversation and then said, if you're interested uh, and you know this round of conversation has gone well, uh, would you have another round of conversation? And so many, many, so there was a sort of intensity and rigor to the process uh, that I saw at my end, different people may have had a different process, but what I saw was it was a layered uh, set of discussions uh, which went from person to person. And finally, I also spoke to uh, one of the members of the co-chairs. 
my views on free speech are very different from, from how the Indian Penal Code or Indian Constitution prescribes the freedoms that we have on speech. Uh, I think ours are extremely restrictive. And uh, that's true for a lot of other countries uh, like Germany or Rwanda because of the history of, of what happened there. You know, you can't even right. ask in Rwanda. How do you reconcile the local laws with your personal view on what it's going to be? Will the local law prevail or will the general um, ethos or, or ethic or value of free speech that you may or may not prescribe to prevail? So the first thing is that the oversight board is governed by two normative frameworks. The first is the Facebook and Instagram content policy. Now, this content policy is not American law. Anyone who's read it would know that, uh, that it's new, it's, it's limited, it's not free speech no matter what, it, it's caveated in careful ways. So that has evolved across Facebook and Instagram history anyway. So the Facebook and Instagram content policy, content moderation policy is one normative framework. Uh, and, and that normative framework clearly says there's free speech on one side, there's the dignity of individuals on the other, and there's fine calibration between the two. That is the task of content policy and moderation, and which is what we'll be tasked with doing. What one would call problematic or uh, potentially dangerous uh, is very culture-specific, right? Um, like uh, something that one may say, especially in the current environment, not just in India, but around the world, may not technically be legally problematic or legally, you know, libelous, but could have severe repercussions. But to really understand that there is such a deep cultural uh, understanding required that what does this term mean? I mean, I can't, you know, uh, say some of those words because it's illegal in India, but you know, there are uh, cuss words around that refer to castes. There are, uh, you know, certain slights which don't even have that word in it, but yet in regular pop, parlance, one knows what that means. Yes. I'm just trying to understand if something like that comes up in India, I'm, I'm guessing the panel would depend entirely on you to take that call, right? Because they wouldn't get the cultural context. And similarly for you from somewhere in my, I don't know, country, which you may not have the exact cultural understanding of. Yes. Uh, how does the overcome that problem? The kind of responses I explored to this question were among the reasons I was convinced that the oversight board is a very serious effort to respond to the problem. So the model of decision-making is not to have me as a native informer about India. Or for that matter, if you notice in South Asia, there's no one from Sri Lanka. So whatever else I may know about India, I, don't, I, I know even less about Sri Lanka. So um, uh, that's not the model. How do you describe what is the problem that this board is solving? Is it the proliferation of hate speech or problematic posts or dangerous posts? Um, or is it to set a general guideline of how decisions should be made, which then will be you know, eased out? Because since you say it is not going to be a quick process, it's going to be time consuming, then clearly the problem it is not definitely not solving is that supposed to going viral and it's causing you know, people to get offended or riots or rumors or whatever it is. Uh, then that has to be an immediate cut off process. So clearly this board is not equipped or designed to take that challenge on. That has to be an immediate, you know, within the Facebook um, framework. 
So what is the problem that you think this board has been set up to solve? Is it just to watch over the board and Mr. Zuckerberg so that you have a Jan Lokpal over the, <laughs> over the parliament? Or what, what is the problem you're solving? So, you know, an ombudsman, uh, you know, Jan Lokpal being described as an ombudsman, I've been asked this question and I don't think that the ombudsman description is like terribly off the mark. For the oversight board, but let me let me take a different track uh, and and explain it a little more carefully. To watch the full unedited interview, you're going to have to subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free. If you subscribe, you breach the paywall and you get all our interviews completely unedited. So may I please request you to click on the top right hand corner on the subscribe button on NewsLaundry.com, pay to keep news free, and watch this and all other unedited interviews. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.